I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I don't think there's anything really here that's poison enough to like just kill you with its venom unless you're like sickly. Aside from the Carolina Panthers, hey! Hey! That's our cold open right there. I saved it. Okay, welcome to the week three version of the Keep Sounding podcast. This is Brian, joined by Brad and John. As always, we're going to discuss the horrible week two Thursday night football game between the Panthers and the Buccaneers. We're going to discuss the Arizona Cardinals and their quirky quarterback, Kyler Murray, coming up this week. Going to be a fun time. Brad, how are you doing this evening? I am great, Brian. Thank you for asking. No problem. That's what I always do. John, how are you? I'm I'm also I'm also good. Thank you for doing your job and asking how I am. That's what I do. That's what I get paid for. Uh glad to hear that we're all of good minds and uh hearty spirits go after <laughs> this horrible Buccaneers game. We've had a week to let that to let that settle. So that that is true. We did have a lot of time to really like cope with the loss. Um, so for any of you listening who didn't really get to watch the game, uh, Cam Newton started the game off about seven of eight or eight of nine com- passing, and then he sprained his foot or re-sprained his foot or re-aggravated the injury. We don't really know because like we fe- we kind of feel like they're they might be lying about something with Cam, but. After all that, they proceeded to let Cam Newton throw approximately 40 more passes during the game. The Panthers lost. The Buccaneers sacked him several times. And now we're sitting here with Kyle Allen looking to start this next week. But we're going to wait and get into that later. Let's talk about the Bucs game. So, Brad, what do you think of Cam Newton throwing 50 passes in a game where he was clearly hurt? That's not how you win. Um, I I think it's irresponsible. Um, and I don't believe for a minute that Ron Rivera found out after the game that he was hurt. Everybody could see that something was wrong. Um, I, I mean, I understand that the Bucks' game plan to stop Christian McCaffrey from running all over them. I get that, but you can't let Cam throw it 50 times when he clearly has something wrong. It's just not the, the best way to treat a franchise quarterback. Yeah. He, uh, when he made that 
when he made the first like run out of out of um out of bounds where he threw the ball away he came back and you could just see he was in pain like it it was obvious, and we we all know at this point what Gimpy Cam looks like. And Gimpy Cam is not having a good time, and he's not playing well. That's consistent at this point. And after that, he threw the ball a ton for whatever reason. Instead of trying to like, you know, quarterback proof the game plan and like let Christian McCaffrey take over. So that was fun to watch. John, what did you think of uh? the offense's performance on Monday. I know you didn't like how, how Curtis Samuel did, but give us some, some of your other takes. Um, I don't mind throwing the ball a lot. Um, I think they could have approached it differently. Like we just decided like, Hey, look, Cam's arm is better now. Let's just go ahead and throw the ball 40 yards down the field on every pass attempt. And it was like back when Cam Newton completed 59% of his passes and everybody was like, oh, like what Thursday night looked like. It was just a bunch of low-ish percentage passes. Like he obviously was inaccurate. He should have done better with it, but it seemed like everything was like attempting to pick up chunk plays instead of just, you know, attacking the short area of the field. Or at least too much. Yeah, and the funny thing about that is that this team is – supposedly designed to attack the short area of the field. I mean, they have mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel, they have DJ Moore, they have McCaffrey, who are all guys who can get open within five yards of the line of scrimmage and potentially do something to make to make a first down. So that was frustrating. Um, I think part of it, too, was that when you think about a quarterback, you don't you think about his shoulder like Cam Newton's shoulder has been the concern for this offense for a while, like over the last several months, but you don't really think about their feet in that equation because they need to plant and throw when you can't plant properly. How can you expect them to throw properly? Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Well, like it's, it makes perfect sense to everyone not named Ron Rivera, apparently. True. Ron Rivera, a.k.a. Ah, Cam's fine. I'm not a doctor. No, I don't think any of us here are. John, John, do you have a PhD? Not yet. Not yet? Okay. No. So, yeah, none of us here are doctors, but it clearly looked like Cam Newton was not okay. And here we are in week three with Cam looking like he's probably not going to play. But the Panthers are only 0-2. So, and the rest of the NFC South is one and one. So it's not entirely lost. The good news is the defense did look good despite some really good throws by Jameis Winston to make some plays, get some scores. They still looked really, really good. And I feel like that's a saving grace right now is that Kyle Allen might be starting on Sunday, but the defense is really good and might be able to bail him out. John, what do you think of that? Yeah, that's what I wrote in the defensive preview that came out earlier this morning. Um, is that the defense has played well, and now it's more important than ever that they keep playing well, because whether Cam plays or Kyle Allen plays, we the Panthers do not have their best quarterback out there, and so it's more important that the defense gives them short fields and keeps the Cardinals from scoring to improve the Panthers of winning. 
Panthers' chances of winning because I don't think it's likely that the Panthers put up like 28, 31, 35 points. No, that does seem unlikely. Um, the nice thing is that they'll be going after a quarterback with their pass rush who is like four foot eleven, and they could probably bat down some passes pretty easily. He's the Not- shortest quarterback I've ever seen on a football field. Yes. Yeah, he, he's definitely a corgi for sure. Um, Brad, what do you think of the the uh, Cardinals as far as like their passing game? Like, let's put the fact that Kyler Murray is really short and is totally a corgi aside for a minute. Uh, Christian Miller, no, excuse me, Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald and the rest of their offensive weapons aside. Do we think the Panthers have the advantage going into this game? They should. Um, I mean, Kyler is a corgi memes aside. Uh, he is a rookie. <laughs> and, you know, we should be able – the pass rush should be good enough to disrupt him. Um, but they've got some weapons. You know, they've got Larry Fitzgerald. He's like 70 years old, but he's still an upper echelon wide receiver. Uh, Christian Kirk is a good player. Uh, and David Johnson's a good receiver out of the backfield. So they've got weapons in, in the passing game. I think um, – I know we've made fun of of Kyler Murray being a corgi for the last 10 days, it seems like. But <laughs> I, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he throws for 400 yards. It, it really wouldn't. They have a lot of talent on that roster. And they like to give him the opportunity. He's thrown more passes than anybody in the NFL so far this year. Yeah, they run that the air raid that everybody hates, and he's going to throw it. My concern is the way they throw it is exactly what the Panthers are bad at covering. I mean, they take they take deep shots. It's not like Charlie or anything, but if the Panthers don't disrupt the timing of their routes, they will pick the Panthers apart. Like they, Cliff Kingsbury loves to call like the little rub routes and little pick routes to get receivers open in the flats. And if we're playing zone seven, eight yards off the line of scrimmage, they're just going to pick up five, six yards every completion and be perfectly happy doing that until we stop it. Yeah. On top of that, Larry Fitzgerald should be heavily featured in the slot, which is not with uh, what's his face in the mid- in the nickel corner position. Yeah. And they like- we always forget his name. Um, JV and Elliot. <laughs> JV and Elliot, yeah. Well, and they'll throw to Fitzgerald deep too, which I feel like ever since Ron Rivera's been here, we've been killed whenever teams go deep over the middle of the field to guys coming out of the slot, whether they be tight ends or slot receivers. I feel like it's because they always put too much responsibility on the linebackers. Like, I yeah. know Keekley is good, and I know Shaq Thompson is athletic, but they're not defensive backs. So Yeah, it's it's always been an issue where it's just like, Wow, why is that receiver so wide open? It's like, oh, it's because he's a four-four guy, and Shaq Thompson trying to cover him thirty yards down the field. Yeah, and uh, on top of that, their their safeties are better than we've seen in the past. But Trey Boston is not really a world beater, and I don't think Eric Reed is really known for his coverage skills. So that's just, yeah. <laughs> the the front seven has played very well over the last two weeks. Um, they they had coverage sacks against the Buccaneers, which I thought was surprising. I haven't seen a lot of coverage sacks in a while in Carolina. Um, 
part of that is I think that Jameis Winston has transitioned from throwing picks to just holding on to the ball too long. So he's being um, super careful. Yeah. Yeah. But it is nice to see like a complete defense for once, sort of, I guess. Like I felt the Panthers had like a complete defense performance and their offense just let them down on Thursday where this week they do have the opportunity to really get after a rookie quarterback with a ro- with a first year offensive coordinator and really uh, fuck things up. But I'm not really sure. It's going to be weird. And plus the the Panthers have had issues with the rushing game over the course of the last two games. Which granted, a lot of it has just had to do with their defense being on the field for way too long. But David Johnson's the kind of guy who could take over this game. He the Cardinals have struggled to run though. Like David Johnson's averaging less than four yards a carry, and Kyler Murray Kyler Murray hasn't really run yet. So I'm not too concerned about that. Um, it, it also the Cardinals bad. Can you so, repeat that? You you cut out a little bit. No, that's too bad. Um, okay. the Cardinals' offensive line is still really bad, and oh. I don't know what part you stopped hearing. But Kyler Murray hasn't Kyler Murray hasn't run yet. David Johnson hasn't been efficient. And that's because their offensive line is so bad, I think. And I, so I'm not concerned about the running game. But And Kyler Murray's been sacked eight times through two games. So the, the Panthers will definitely have opportunities to disrupt their offensive rhythm that way. This is true. They might, might have Bruce Irvin back. Kind of seems like the answer right now is no. But even still, Brian Man. Burns, as advertised... They're being so cautious with that hamstring injury by holding him out for several months. <laughs> well, anytime you can be cautious and careful with your, your number three edge rusher in a rotation, you have to do it. <laughs> oh, that makes me so mad. It's Cam Newton is the – well, I guess the Colts had this issue with Andrew Luck. But it just – it feels like, because we see it, Cam Newton is just like the only person – in the world that the team and the medical staff can't just diagnose with an injury. Yeah. I found that weird too. It's like all last year, I I guess Ron thinks he's, he's being coy with everybody and fooling everybody by being, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Um, But you know, just tell us the truth. Just diagnose the injury. Just, you know what it is. I'm firmly on the on the train of they know and they're just lying. Yeah, like if you don't know, then I think that's an and then I, this gets overplayed. The whole the medical staff is never good thing, but like if you really can't ever figure out what's wrong with him, maybe the medical staff is a problem. Yeah, I mean it can only be like five things at the most. We know it's his foot. Yeah, um, you know it could be his ankle. But we're pretty sure it's his foot. So it's either plantar fasciitis. It's either a broken foot. Um, the Liz Frank injury that, you know, it broken toe, turf toe or Achilles. Like that's basically it. Like the, the foot only has so many bones and tendons and muscles in it. Like it's not like it's not like you're chasing down uh a rare disease or something like yeah. it's, it's a very limited scope of what it could possibly be. I mean, it's the same thing that happened with his shoulder last year where it's like anybody watching the game. It's like, man, Cam's arm 
is not there. He's clearly straining to throw the ball down the field. And the coaching yeah. staff's like, no, nothing's wrong. We're just no, we're just fine. being cautious and resting him. They're stupid. And it's the same thing now where it's like, oh, Cam's fine. Yeah, we had a fourth and, and one, and we haven't run him at all this year. But that's just a coincidence. It has nothing to do with the fact that he hurt his foot a couple weeks ago and is now missing time with his foot injury again. It's just, it's just rest. He's just getting a vet day in a boot for precautionary reasons. The, the one thing I do want to bring up, too, is that like I think that over Cam's career, it's been pretty much well-established at this point to anybody who's watched like every game he's played. When we're watching Gimpy Cam play, he is not Cam Newton at all. Like It's not... No. It's like he's like playing through injury and he's like hurting a little bit, but still being him. Like when he's hurt, he does not play the same. He is and not good at playing through injuries. It's because he only cares about himself. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> aside from that, um, the fact that he can't run the ball the way he normally does is like neutering his ability to be, to make plays because Cam is the kind of player I don't even know if I should say the kind of player, but he is as himself a player where he needs to be able to run the ball to really get into a rhythm. And we haven't seen him do that at all because he can't and he hasn't gotten into a rhythm because of it. Well, no, he can, he's just not, I mean, they're just, he's just not doing it. Haven't you paid attention, Brian? <laughs> I guess I haven't been. I mean, Ron's not a doctor, but he said he's okay. Right. I don't know if our doctors are even doctors at this point. I, I seriously question that myself. It's just, it, we we talked a lot over the first few, several years of Cam's career, how he's been wasted because of poor offensive play calling and scheming and stuff like that. And now that it seems like we're finally starting to get decent scheme around him and players around him we're just mismanaging his injuries as badly as a team can mismanage their best players injuries are their most important players injuries yeah, yeah it's almost like we're trying to get him to retire it's yeah it's like surrounding him with terrible players and terrible play calling to get him out of here let's just break his body that's actually something i did want to talk about um The whole Andrew Luck thing, I think, like, put a lot of anxiety into specifically Panthers players because it's a similar situation to Can or not Panthers players, Panthers fans, excuse me. Um, but I think it put a lot of anxiety into Panthers fans because, like, we've seen the exact same goddamn thing happen with Cam Newton for his entire career. And now all of a sudden, he can't seem to stay healthy and people are worried that he's washed. Um, I don't personally think he's washed. I just think that between like still rehabbing for shoulder surgery and the fact that now one of his feet is fucked up where you can't really plant and throw the ball properly is fucking with his mechanics and causing him to miss throws. It's still a concern because at what point does Cam call it a career? Yeah, I mean, I'm not worried about that yet. I think Cam loves football too much for that to be on his radar. But the the team needs to protect him from himself. Like Cam is not the type of person to be like, oh, something's not feeling right, coach. Let me let me let you know when it gets back to normal. He's going to play until someone says he cannot play. And we have the coaching staff that 
either isn't smart enough or isn't brave enough to tell him, no, Cam, we need you to take a, take it easy for a week or two. Well, play week I mean, one, I... we're probably not. If he doesn't play week one, we probably aren't having this conversation, and we probably beat the Buccaneers. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like we we would, or we sit him for two weeks. We're still zero and two, but Cam is a hundred percent, and we're ready to go on a run. Yeah. Yeah. Now we go from being zero and two with Cam. I don't think Cam looked that bad against the Rams, though he didn't run. But against the Bucks, it was readily apparent that he, after at least after the first part of the game, that he was hurt. So now we're looking at okay, do we rest Cam Newton for a week or two and see if he's better, and hopefully we pull out at least one win, or do we just continue to ride Cam Newton into the dust? Well, it's I know what probably Ron's going to do. Yeah, <laughs> if Ron has his druthers, it's going to be the latter. Yeah, is like four and ten, and he's like, you know what, guys? I think we might not I've, make the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I crunched some numbers, and we finally made it to a zero percent chance to make the playoffs. We're gonna let Cam take it easy, and Cam is just running around on one foot and a peg leg at that point. <laughs> yeah, and then Kyle Allen comes in and starts, and we go six and ten, and we pick twelfth instead of sixth mm-hmm. because that's what we do. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's just, it's also, it's just frustrating because we dealt with this all of last season and it's taken us all of two weeks to get right back into this whole situation, exact same scenario. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it feels like last season. It it's does. a bummer. Yeah. I thought we were done with that. Well, uh, before we transition on to, talking about the Panthers offense versus the Cardinals defense. Um, I do want to ask, so in your ideal world with Cam Newton right now, how long do you want him to sit? I'll start with you, Brad. Until he's 100% healthy. Well, I, I'm like, asking if, you to put a number on If that means it. put him on injured reserve and he's out for eight weeks minimum or the rest of the year, so be it. Uh, they've got one more year of Cam Newton at minimum before they they either have to resign him or just let him go. Um, but we're honestly at the point to where we can start having the conversation should they cut him at the end of the year and save $19 million. That's how badly they've mismanaged his health. 
Um, I don't think he's done. Uh, I just think he's hurt. But he's at that age where athletic quarterbacks start their trend downward. And I really think that we're going to have to start preparing for life without Cam Newton. So I would like to see healthy, 100%, having fun Cam Newton at least one more time before he's no longer a Panther. So sit him as long as needs to be before he's 100%, whether that's one week, two weeks, the rest of the season, whatever it be, um, we're not going to win with current Cam Newton the way he is right now. So what's the point in playing him when we can get him healthy and we can let Kyle Allen and Will Greer make a certain subset of our fan base happy and (laughs) everybody wins. We see what we've got in our backup quarterback room. Cam gets healthy. We lose anyway, and we can get a high draft pick. And for God's sakes, hopefully they'll use it on a left tackle because Darrell Williams is not a left tackle. (laughs) I don't mean to go off tangent there, but – (laughs) <laughs> the play where Cam appears to have aggravated his foot against the Buccaneers, Daryl Williams literally turns around and sticks his ass out towards the defensive lineman who's rushing Cam. You cannot block with your ass. It does not work that <laughs> way. And Daryl Williams tried to do that, and now we have a broken quarterback again. But guess what? Ron thinks he looked fine except for a couple of plays. So he's going to start on Sunday and probably get Kyle Allen maimed. I'm going to go ahead and file this away, by the way, in my ever-growing file of times where the consensus opinion of people who pay attention on the internet was right and the coaches who were supposed to know better were wrong. Absolutely. Like all preseason, we're like – Darrell Williams cannot play left tackle. At the very like, he should probably play guard. If Greg, if Little isn't ready, put Moten at left tackle and Williams at right tackle. And the coaching staff's like, Nah, Darrell Williams is an All Pro. He's can play left tackle, and he has been bad, just like everyone knew he would be. I yeah, and I know this is going to be a hot take, and it's going to get a lot of people disagreeing with me, but I don't care. Matt Khalil is a better left tackle than Darrell Williams. Jesus. If it keeps going like this, yeah. Uh, I mean, Matt, I Matt, Khalil, Matt Khalil is fine. He's average. He just, when he makes a bad play, it's a what in the actual fuck was that play? And everybody sees it. Um, but I don't think Daryl Williams has made a good play yet. I haven't seen one. The, Barrett, the one who ate his lunch on Thursday night, got three sacks, came into the game with 15 sacks for his career over five seasons. Yeah. Five seasons plus the first game of 2019. So he's he's already got his career average per season in one day. Mm-hmm. Against, yeah, his career high in sacks for a season was five and a half, and then he got three in one game. And then not to mention, uh, who, was, who was it that blew up um, Darrell Williams on that one that Cam had to scramble away from? I can't remember. Uh, I think it was, was um, uh, Carl Nassib. Yeah, yeah. Carl Nassib. Known pass rush extraordinaire, Carl Nassib. Yeah. I mean, he looks like the manager of a 
like Meineke break center. Or Carl Nassib of, of 12 career sacks. He had six and a half sacks last year in his career season, career best season. Yeah, yeah, and he's got 12, and he's been in the league since what, like 2005? 2016. Oh. <laughs> since 2005. <laughs> now he's, no, he's young because I remember him being on like the Panthers' radar coming into that draft. But he's like the Buccaneers' equivalent of like, I don't even know. West Horton. Yeah. Or West, West Horton. Horton. Yeah, West Horton. Yeah, he'll get you a couple sacks, and then he just, yeah, he made Daryl Williams look like a high schooler. But he's but that's, fine. He, he has fine. some good plays. Totally fine. No, no need to reevaluate. The thing that killed me with that too is like I understand a little bit not wanting to reshuffle the positions and everything, and mess up any sort of flow and cohesion the line might have. But at least put just like put Greg Olson on that side of the line so they have a little further to travel before they get to camp. Yeah, do something. And like I don't, ex- I don't expect Ron to come out and tell the media, you know, well he fucking sucks. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't expect him to do that. But you know, at least look at your your damn options, Ron. I well, mean, the actions speak louder than words because on Thursday they didn't do it. They clearly thought he was fine because they didn't make any adjustment to try to help him. Yeah. Well, he was an All Pro. Well, yeah, at right tackle with the tight end beside him. Yeah. You know, we, we always – people who spout that all-pro garbage, they leave that part out. Yeah. I mean, put him back at right tackle because at least if he's at right tackle, Cam can see the guy blowing right by him, and he can at least, I don't know, step away or step up in the pocket or at least brace for impact. But when, when Williams is at left tackle, Cam yeah, can't I see Yeah, I think that this, we're getting no to the point where uh... – it's either put Greg Little at left tackle or put Taylor Moten there and just see what's going to happen. So I'm I'm willing to just put Taylor Moten at left tackle and see what happens. He hasn't it, been great this season, but he, he hasn't cannot, been as bad as Daryl Williams. So it cannot get worse than what we have had over the last two games. Right. Can't be. I mean, hell, put Dennis Daly at left tackle. It can't. Let's let's not do that. Uh, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna recommend we don't do that. Than Daryl Williams has been. Nothing could can be, be worse. Don't even be. put a. Le- don't even have a left tackle. Brad, you're being a little ridiculous. I just need you to no, like relax for a minute. I'm not being ridiculous. Just just calm down. I am. Right? Put a sled at left tackle. These yeah, are all bad ideas. Or at least edge rushers are disciplined enough to hit a sled instead of going right around it. I think the issue with Daryl Williams is that he can't handle a speed rush at all. And that's pretty much what you deal with on that side is that literally every team has a guy who can speed rush at that side. I don't, I think that Daryl Williams would hand would hold up decently against like a power rusher, but at that left side, every team has their most explosive athlete on the defensive line rushing the passer and Daryl Williams cannot block that. Well, the other problem is it's on film that he can't handle that. So anybody who prepares for their opponent, I know we're not used to that. And contrary to believe you are allowed to prepare and game plan for your specific (laughs) opponent. Like you don't have to do the same thing every week, but anybody who watches film and sees our offensive line, 
it's apparent within 10 seconds of, hey, we got to put our fastest pass rusher on the left tackle. He can't stop it. And that's so, not something that can get better. Like, no, oh, you we can't, just need to. Yeah. You either can do it or you can't. Yeah, not going to tweak his technique or or adjust anything to make him suddenly able to shift faster to get in front of speed rushers. Yeah. This subject is making me depressed. <laughs> it's not great. Um, yeah. Uh, why don't we move on to the rest of the offense instead of just focusing on Daryl Williams and being sad? Well, I think that's the the most important. Those are the most important aspects of the offense are the sad state of Cam Newton's health and the sad state of Daryl Williams' play on the football field. I know, but I want to try to be optimistic a little bit. Um, Christian McCaffrey's pretty good. Yeah, that's one thing I did want to touch on. Like, so Kyle Allen will. I don't want to say will most likely start, but it seems like he will most likely start on Sunday. He's going to start. Ron's they are hyping Ron. the shit out of him on social <laughs> media right now. It'd be very he's, weird to do this ready. old Kyle on hype train and then not have him play on Sunday. Which, by the way... I kind of hope that's what happens, because that would be hilarious. My tweet about Kyle Allen wearing a headscarf is still going off on Twitter, so I'm hoping that happens. <laughs> I'm so hoping that happens, but... I think that Christian McCaffrey is the kind of weapon that can quarterback proof an offense where if those throws aren't there downfield, they have an outlet to throw it to where it's not a terribly difficult throw and they can still make plays. I think that like if Carolina wants to succeed on offense this week, they need to have Kyle Allen reading like one guy or maybe two down the field. And then like, it's like, all right, give it to McCaffrey, let him make a play. Like, I expect McCaffrey to touch the ball like 30 times on Sunday if they expect to win. Against the nine-man front. Yeah, exactly. John, yeah. what do you think of that? No, yeah, McCaffrey needs to be – I mean, he always needs to be front and center in the offense. But I think even more so with Gimpy Cam or Kyle Allen, most likely Kyle Allen starting. Um, I think the offense in general can be made quarterback proof between especially with McCaffrey and uh DJ Moore and Greg Olson about just giving him easy targets. Greg isn't as easy of a target as he used to be, but I think in general they're all reliable receivers that he can uh find near the line of scrimmage and let them make the plays so he doesn't have to strain himself to make tough throws down the field. Yeah, and on top of that like you have so many players on your offense right now who can catch the ball and make plays like manufacture those touches, manufacture Mm -hmm. the ability for those guys to go out there, get some separation, let them try to make plays. Like don't put it on your quarterback to make every single play, which we, as we know, that's what Carolina does to Cam Newton. Maybe try not to do that. Um, but Brad, who would you pick out as somebody who can make this team successful on Sunday on this offense, aside from Kyle Allen, aside from Christian McCaffrey? Because we both know that Allen's going to have to throw the ball a lot, probably, and McCaffrey is going to touch the ball a lot, probably. Who do you think can make this offense succeed on Sunday? John's favorite player, Curtis Samuel. Hmm. <laughs> That's it. 
Yeah. Is that, is that, I don't, I don't, I don't, there no more needs to be said. I mean, he's the best receiver on the team. He is pretty good. He has the, as of right now in week two, he has the most air yards, I think it is, in the NFL right now. However, that would require Kyle Allen to throw it, the ball down the field, which might be bad. Well, he's versatile, though. Like, you can throw it downfield. You can th- throw him bubble screens to get him in space. You can run reverses to him. You can put him in the backfield. Uh, you, you can do a lot of things with him. Uh, so he, he's very versatile, and I think he would be a good weapon to use while the defense fact, um, focuses on Christian McCaffrey. How does that make you feel, John? Eh, we'll we'll see. I'm still not on the train yet. I'm still not on the hype train yet. I'm so let's I'm just lo- like, oh god. But I have I have my uh, answer to your question. Unless you had another question, you're go about for to ask it. Me. No, 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 no. Absolutely, go for Greg it. Greg Olson. So Greg Olson is in his six four forty. Yeah, I, I don't care. Okay. So the Lions, the Cardinals have faced two teams, if, if I don't know if you knew that. Um, in week one, they faced the Detroit Lions. Tight end TJ Hawkinson had six catches for 131 yards and a touchdown. That he did. In week two, the Cardinals played the Baltimore Ravens, and tight end Mark Andrews had eight catches for 112 yards and a touchdown. Um, I know those are uh, those are good numbers for tight ends. So the Cardinals have struggled with tight ends so far. Mark Andrews was good both weeks. So that could just be him being the next big tight end. But TJ Hawkinson did nothing against the Chargers after blowing up against the Cardinals. So that, that's who I think the Panthers should look to to be a big part of the offense. I mean, having Christian McCaffrey and Greg Olson as your safety valves 1A and 1B is certainly not a bad thing for Kyle Allen. So I agree. No. And then DJ Moore, too, just because Danny and in week one out of the slot. So DJ Moore can do the same for the Panthers. The Ravens didn't have a similar success story, but well, we, we do know what's going to happen though. We're going to have, we're going to have more and we're going to have Samuel on the outside and Jarius Wright will be on the inside. So I think what you mean is Jarius Wright will be the guy that will help. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Jarius Wright. Um, we'll, we'll bump DJ Moore to where he's less effective. So Jarius Wright can get on the field. Exactly. Now you're thinking like Ron Rivera. Um, (laughs) So let's just take a step back right now and examine the entire team as a whole. What will make this Panthers team win on Sunday? doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what side of the field it is. If we think Carolina can win this game, which is – tough to say right now just because the way things are what part of the team will help them win john i'll start with you uh i have i have all right offensive line okay that's going to be my final answer just because we're not going to have the like i've said several times they well they're going to need to protect the quarterback and they're going to need to give McCaffrey room to run because that's going to be a very key part of the offense on Sunday. And we cannot have a repeat of Thursday night if the Panthers are going to win. So Kyle Allen should not throw 50 passes is what you're saying. I mean, I don't care about the volume of passes, but we cannot have like just a total mess in the backfield on every pass play. 
where there's no platform for the quarterback to throw it from. Okay, so 25 cat passes to McCaffrey it is. That's I'm I'm fine with that. Get, Brad, get, what do you break his own see 30 catches in a game? I'm okay with that. <laughs> Brad, what are you what are you looking at? What do I think will help the Panthers win? What do you think is the key thing that will the help the Panthers thing? win? The key thing? Getting pressure on Kyler Murray. I think if, if we can get a couple of sacks, disrupt him early, get him rattled, I think we'll have a better shot to win. I think the defense is going to have to win this game. I agree with that. <clears throat> yeah, that was my point. Um, I think if the Panthers win this game, it's going to be because the defense comes out and just dominates them. I think that they need to sack the quarterback a lot. They need to force a lot of turnovers. And I think they need to play a bit more man coverage and clamp down on the receivers to force Kyler Murray to make NFL-level throws. And I know he's he seems so far to be as advertised as an NFL quarterback, but James Bradbury and Dante Jackson can certainly fuck shit up. So... I want to see those two guys specifically go in there and make some plays. And the Panthers will need turnovers. They've had so many opportunities to make turnovers that have been taken away from them, whether it was the five times the Rams dropped the ball on the ground or Luke Keekley missing an interception against the Bucks that would have been huge, um, not missing on fourth down conversions like they did. I think that the turnover battle is the key to this game. And this is the game where you turn it around. By the way, speaking of fourth down conversions, that spot on that fourth down from the middle of the field was some of the worst officiating you'll see. Oh, it's I would call it bullshit. Um, it was so clear and obvious that he made it well past the first down marker. Yeah, it was literally only because the one fucking ref placed the ball way short. So mm-hmm. it became a matter of overruling his ruling, where if he had just placed it around where the first down was, they probably would have gotten it. Like, I think the fact that he spotted it, like, basically a yard short was why they didn't get it. Because the the refs are now doing this weird thing where, like, they don't, they don't back down from their calls unless it's absolutely fucking obvious. And that was absolutely fucking obvious, but... I think the only justification they had was, well, we didn't see the chains on the replay. so. <laughs> but they knew where the chains were supposed to be. Exactly. That was, that was so bad. It was that, just... was all, that was one of the worst calls I've seen in a long time against Carolina. Yeah. Like, there was the, – the camera was looking straight down, like pretty much straight down the line. And Cam was close up to the hash marks where you could pretty clearly project, like, where the ball landed relative to the hash mark. And they're like, oh, nope, didn't get it. Like I, I, the first replay they showed, it was like, oh yeah, he got it, no worries. Yeah, I was, I was shocked. Yeah, I didn't it. even think it was a question. Of yeah, whether or not he got it. Yeah, the refs are in current preseason form. It's great. They're, they're against the Panthers. Yeah, they they're, the Panthers. Panthers. they're trying to hold us down. They are. Did they're you want to talk to about? Us, 
I mean, sometimes I do think – I know we make fun of that, but sometimes I do think Jerome Boger has it in for the Panthers because it seems like every time he's the referee of a game we play, there's some kind of shittiness involved. Speaking of conspiracies to hold teams down, Brian, you want to talk about Saints? Yeah, this is a nice little positive note to uh, end the podcast on, but – so obviously the Saints had a had a hell of a game against the the Rams, where they lost by eighteen points. Um, <laughs> we only I lost know, by three. Yeah, we did only lose by three. Um, and we suck. We do suck. Um, and the Panthers in that game had several bad calls that went against them. But I don't think that any of the national um, narrative has been that the refs screwed over the Panthers. Like they had a win. I don't think that Panthers fans have really like held on to the bad calls they had against them in that game, but the saints have really held on to the bad call against they had, they had in that game, which was a forced fumble that was blown dead before the saints defense could return it for a touchdown. And had they returned it for a touchdown, you guys want to know what would have happened? Let me guess. They would have won. No, the Saints would have lost by 11 points. They would have lost by 11 points instead of 18, but they they were complaining that there was a a problem and that that it cost them the game. Yeah. Apparently that one play cost them 18 points of NFL scoring capital. Amazing. Like, this is worse. That's worse than the NFC Championship game because that was only a few points. This is 18 points. That is possessions at least for an NFL team. They lost 18 points on that one possession. Crazy. And I think what's even funnier that. Yeah. I was gonna say, I think the funnier thing is that there's a segment of the fan base that thinks that bigger conspiracy revolves uh, around Drew Brees's injury. Yeah, for, for any Panthers fans who are listening who don't know this, there is a segment of the Saints fan base that believes that because of the fact that the Los Angeles Rams beat the Saints in the NFC Championship somewhat partly due to a bad call by the refs that literal doctors would lie to them about Drew Brees' diagnosis on his hand so they thought that he should seek a second opinion on it because he was in California and he got it diagnosed there. Do they not know how doctors work? I Well, to be fair, people in the bayou probably don't. That's true. They throw gumball on everything. So The idea that a doctor who has a license and who could easily get his license revoked if he knowingly did something like that would say your thumb is messed up. You need to have surgery on it because he wants, because he likes a different football team is quite possibly the most sports fan take I've ever heard. Not to mention the amount of money and time and effort that would come about for a malpractice lawsuit that would be filed by Mm -hmm. a high profile quarterback, such as Drew Brees. Yes. He would just literally no jewelry to make that happen. Yeah. Literally no benefit for a doctor to do that. Yeah, so it also, makes it makes absolute 100% sense that he would do it because there's no good reason for it. 
why also why are we assuming that a doctor in california is a rams fan like i don't feel like there are very many actual rams fans yeah he could be a chargers fan more likely a raiders or a 49ers fan if he's even a football fan yeah he's probably not a football fan he's a doctor (laughs) got no time for that he doesn't have time to watch football he's too busy saving lives see i have a new motto about the saints jet fuel can't melt steel beams and drew Brees, or uh, excuse me and doctors lie to drew Brees. these are two certainties in life along with death and taxes because <laughs> doctors have every reason to lie to drew Brees. ridiculous and on that subject if there's anything to be positive about right now it's that this division is wide open for another winner with a losing record. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the shittiest part about being 0-2 and knowing that Cam is hurt. The division is up for grabs, so Ron is going to just throw Cam out there even though he shouldn't be out there to win the division. And we're going to lose our franchise quarterback and the team that just happens to luck into going 7-9 and is going to win the division. And to make this be the great. best season ever, it has to be the Bucks. <laughs> it's finally their year. It's this finally is- their year. They go seven and nine, and the rest of us go six and ten. Or this is the year where the Bucks fire off like thirteen wins that that's blindside less- the rest of the NFC because that's less the NFC funny, South. But- it, it's less funny, but like how it's been what since twenty fifteen? Ever since twenty fifteen, there's always been a team who's been like. Oh, nobody thinks they're going to be good, and all of a sudden they fire off like, like anywhere from ten to fifteen wins, and you're just like, "Where the hell did they come from?" Maybe it's the Bucks year. Maybe it's the Bucks year. That's all I'm saying. Um, they didn't look very good against. I guess their defense looked alright against the Panthers, but it felt more like they were the less bad team on Thursday night. Well, yeah, that, and we were a literally any normal. North Turner play call on fourth and one away from winning that game. Yeah. Like if Norv just is Norv and fullback belly to Alex Arma on fourth and one, we probably score because we'll have four downs to go a half a yard. And I don't think there's any possible way we don't score. So the one time Norv decided to be Chud it just happened to be the worst possible time. So I don't think the Bucks are really that good. I just think they wanted it slightly more than we did. Or more accurately, they wanted to lose slightly less than we wanted to. <laughs> Every single team in the NFC South has a negative point differential right now. Jesus. We'll wrap up the show. Nice factoid. Um, So, yeah, we got potentially Kyle Allen, a.k.a. the GOAT, on Twitter right now, at least as far as, like, all of Panther Twitter goes. Could be looking at his second NFL start, which, by the way, he has won 100% of the games he started, just so all of you know. Very few quarterbacks can say that. Very few. In fact, not many at all. Uh, I think that makes Kyle Allen elite. I'm not 100% sure, but 
I I believe I firmly believe he's elite, and they wasted a third round pick on Will Greer. So, I mean, everybody thinks Eli Manning is pretty good, and he has a career record of exactly five hundred, and Kyle Allen's record is better than that. So, you're damn right. All facts. Well, here we go. It seems like it's going to be the Kyle Allen show. So, let's support our guy. It's Kyle versus Kyler. Sunday, <laughs> potentially, maybe, depending on how healthy Cam Newton is. Um, let's get our scoring predictions in there real quick before we end. So, uh, Brad, scoring prediction, let's go. You know, I I really have no idea how this game's going to go, so I'm just going to say, fuck it. I'm going to say Panthers 51, Cardinals 48. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would be fun. That would be a fun game. I would be watching that. Uh, uh, John, give us your Panthers twenty. Panthers nineteen. Cardinals sixteen. Lots of field goals. Cliff Kingsbury loves him some field goals. And so does Joey Sly. Um, my prediction is a seventeen to ten loss by the Panthers because this. Last game was my Chicago Bears game for this year, and I am just not going to pick the Panthers anymore. That's you all. You, you guys both know this. I once I hit that breaking point, I do not pick the Panthers. So I am we not. Is them. Off. It's awful early to hit that point. <laughs> well, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. I have. It is week two, and I've decided that the Panthers will never win again. Yes, that is where I'm at. And to give you the rundown of where we're at as far as the season goes. Um, We all picked the Panthers last week. So uh, Brad is still up with a one-to-one score. My record is going to be the same as the Panthers record this year in all likelihood, unless stuff goes really south the rest of the way. Yeah. Just keeping the sound as a note in my phone. (laughs) Brad... One to one. John picks the Panthers. Oh, and two. And myself, Brian, picked the Cardinals. Oh, and two. So I have a chance to tie it up. <laughs> but either way, I feel like even it. I, I do hope the Panthers win on Sunday. That would be nice just to, like, not feel horrible about this season. Like, I was on the Falcoholic podcast last night, and I was just depressed. It's It sucks talking to Falcons fans after they came off of that win over the Eagles. So, it would be nice if the Panthers finally win. Huh? Today I learned that the Falcons beat the Eagles. Yes, they did. I had no Granted, idea. Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson came out in the first quarter, so that doesn't necessarily help anything. Yeah, but... like after Thursday, I didn't watch a single moment of football all weekend. I didn't watch any game on Sunday or Monday. Yeah, that was me too. Uh, somebody texted me around like 8 o'clock on Sunday to talk to me about the uh, Falcons and Eagles game, and I woke up at around 11.30, and I was like, oh, that game happened. Cool. So it was nice to have a Sunday off from the stress and pain of being a Panthers fan. So we're, we're right back in it this week. 
So, and it's at four o'clock too. So that means we got to wait oh, all day. Oh God! Fuck my life. Well, and I'm gonna miss most of the game, which well, I haven't missed the Panthers game in years. You might be lucky. So we'll see. Um, Brad, John, anything else we want to touch nope. on before we? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, so. This is the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is your week three edition of the Injuries and Sadness Bowl. So hopefully Cam Newton will return soon. But in the meantime, we're going to support Kyle Allen and everything he does. And hopefully the Panthers do come out with a win on Sunday. I'm personally not going to bet with that. But I could be wrong. I'm quite the pessimist. So... Stay tuned for all of your coverage of the Panthers versus the Cardinals and uh, stay tuned for next week. And uh, from all of us here at the Keep Sounding Podcast, buy our t-shirts. This is Brian, joined by Brad and John, and you guys have a great week, and we will talk to you next week. See ya. Later. Go Panthers. Go Panthers. Woohoo. Go Panthers. Keeps the football, takes off to the end zone for the touchdown. He takes the handoff, and he scores! Avoided the Dolphins behind the line of scrimmage and took it in for the first touchdown of the night. Newton keeps, lowers his shoulder and takes it in for the touchdown. On second and goal, shuttle pass for Caffrey, touchdown! And off dive for Jonathan Stewart, and he's in for a touchdown. That's intercepted by Keeping. He has more of those than any linebacker in the league over the last...